Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello all. I apologize for getting this out a day later than expected. We began our orientation day weeks for intern year of internal medicine and somehow I've contracted a cold. While there are some interesting bits to the orientation, I think it's about time I start releasing the special episodes I've been teasing for so long. The first one is the most recent one I've actually done with Dylan Thomas. I know there are some older one, there's an older one out there, but this one required very little editing. Therefore, I'm happy to present this episode with truly an interesting future physician. I greatly enjoyed our talk, so much so that we talked for almost two hours. Now, two hours is a long time for one episode, and I'm not sure how many people want to sit and listen to it in one sitting, so I broke it in two parts. There was a natural split with the topics involving pre-step one and post-step one. Uh, So if you like our podcast, please like and rate it on iTunes and subscribe. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms, and if you want to interact with us, uh, the best way is through Instagram at MedFamilyMD. And so without further ado, here is part one. Hello, welcome to the podcast MedFamily. My name is Eric Acker, the host. Um, me and Karen were wanting to bank a few episodes while we're getting into this move. And while I was at Trivia Night, I kind of thought that Dylan was actually uh, was an interesting character. So I last minute at texted him today and said, hey, Dylan, do you want to come and do a podcast uh, and so we have uh, Dylan Thomas the man with two la- uh, first names uh, <laughs> yeah the interesting man hopefully interesting enough oh no you you had some very uh, spicy views on uh, taxes and stuff like that and we're not going to get into that here <laughs> right? but, <laughs> yeah thanks thanks I need to keep my my stuff clean so I, I'm a little unprepared just because uh, just like a few hours before this uh, our son decided to clog the toilet and about three inches of water was coming out of the bathroom and into the main room. Fun. Always Did fun. Karen not tell you this? She told me about oh. the bathroom. I didn't hear there was flooding. <laughs> all it was over. like all the way into that, that TV room. Like I saw the wet vac by the door, so yeah, I was assuming we were, something was up. We were, yeah, we were cleaning the lot. Uh, so I'm a little unprepared. But <laughs> so is Dylan Thomas, uh, um, I guess, just getting us started here. What Just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So, yeah, my name is Dylan Thomas. I'm originally from New Jersey. A small town called New Providence. It's about forty-five minutes outside New York City. So, so that's like a suburb of yeah, a, suburb of suburb. Uh, Newark. Yeah, Newark's the only Newark. city in New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. As long as they know it's North Jersey, because that's way different from South Jersey. It's Everyone more thinks, country, right? No, it was South Jersey's country. South Jersey's like North Jersey's more of like a microcosm of New York. Okay, so you grew up basically in a suburb of New York. Yes. More or less. More or less. Uh, finishing up my third year of medical school. That's where I met Eric at. Yeah, fellow soccer soccer person. So- yeah, we're soccer superstars. Well, he, Dylan is. I I I, uh, I get. I make it. No, I make no. it. I make it through. <laughs> we're we're both solid bench warmers. So, uh, <laughs> but we we're uh, a body on the field. So watch. We out. all can't be Chris. <laughs> no, Chris, man, that guy's different. Um. Okay. So third year medical school. Um. I guess a little bit more of your backstory. I think um, 
this like, is how much that I know, and you can fill in a lot of the gaps absolutely. here. Absolutely. Very little. Um, you, I think you had you're part of the, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this, because I, I know you guys don't like the use of uh, Mormon, so it's uh, Latter-day Saints? Yes, sir. Okay, and then you did a mission in Eastern Europe. Albania. Okay, <laughs> I was like, so, like where, and you met, that's where you met your wife, if yes. I understand correctly. Yes. Um, you are married to her, uh, how Almost five years. Five years, okay. And then at some point you were living in the Caribbean, but not because you were in medical school there. Yeah, so <laughs> this is this is always a fun fact. People ask me like, oh, what are you doing med school in the Caribbean for? But the first time I heard of Caribbean med schools was my dad. He was uh, an investment banker when I was growing up, but around six or seven years old, he decided he wanted to go back and become a doctor so he was probably 34 at the time so he applied to a bunch of programs we ended up down in Grenada at St. George University okay SGU yes sir and uh, I lived there from seven to nine it got interrupted for a couple months because we were there for uh Hurricane Ivan look it up it's a big deal (laughs) yeah okay it kind of wiped out a lot of everything so we tried to get an emergency vac out but we were unable to, so we just weathered the storm there. Wow. We, we watched, like, roofs come off. Yeah, that was crazy. As an eight-year-old, you're like, how does that even happen? Jeez. Yeah, so that was the first time I was introduced to medical school. Uh, you know, finished high school, went to college uh, out at Utah Valley. <clears throat> okay. Finished my degree, or I did one semester there, then I went out to Albania. Okay. Albania, Kosovo, and Macedonia were the three countries that I was in. Stayed there for two years, came back, finished my degree. Overall, I finished college in like two and a half years. Okay. So we kind of overloaded on credits, but I knew I was playing catch up because, you know, I took a a two-year hiatus. Gotcha. Okay. So I was trying to play catch up with all my friends. They were all finished starting jobs, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so far behind. So yeah, hurried up that last semester, applied to school, got accepted to Trinity, haven't looked back. Okay, so um, so the whole plan through undergrad was medical school? So when I first was an undergrad, I was a business major, and that okay. lasted about two weeks. What, what, what about business? <laughs> Didn't really... I was good at math. Like, math wasn't the issue. Numbers flow really easily, but when I think about the lifestyle, the monotony... I don't I'm, know. I'm trying to I'm trying to like compare this to medicine. You say lifestyle. I'm just like I feel like an eight to five doesn't sound too bad. Well, I mean eight to five is like a an average, you know, run of the mill business. But in New York, it's like well, working in New York, living in New Jersey, all the business people I grew up around would wake up at four in the morning, get ready, catch the five ten train, get to New York about six o'clock then take a subway to their building starting at six thirty. so that's like two and a half hours of commuting and then they're there all day they finish at five same thing rush hour going back mm, 7 okay. p.m they're with their family i was like i don't know if i could do that <laughs> and it's the same thing numbers and paper and offices sure. so i definitely gravitated towards the sciences towards the end of high school and kind uh, of enjoyed of high school okay. yeah i enjoyed the freedom but i still thought i was a business guy thinking I was a hot shot. Oh, I'm going to be business. I'm going to be a successful. Yeah, wear a suit all the time. Power suit. Yeah, two two weeks in. 
I went to my guidance counselor and said, hey, I actually don't want to do this. <laughs> Switched over to a biology degree, okay. which was the pre-med path. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty common one for a lot of pre meds. Oh, I so love like, it. Like you, if you want to go to medical school, what do you? What kind of undergrad degree do you get? Biology. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, and but if you, medical school doesn't work out, what is biology? <laughs> like that that is research one thing. assist research assisting and I loved biology. So we would do evolutionary biology. We would do botany. I took an entomology class. Study of bugs, so you don't have to look it up. Thank very, you. I actually needed that. Very interesting. <laughs> you know, I my roommates came home one semester. <clears throat> it was, let's see, it was a year before I graduated. Okay. And they opened the freezer. Oh, no. And there's four giant bugs in the freezer. But why? For my entomology class. Like, did you need them in yeah. your freezer? <laughs> so one of our end of semester project was have, I think it was... 200-something species of bugs, identify them, mount them, prepare them. And we didn't get what's the kill jar, which is, it's got some chemical, I forget what it is, like acetoacetone, something like that. Okay. But we didn't have that yet, so we said catch it, put it in a, a Chinese takeout container, and put it in the freezer. Right, right next to the Hot Pockets. Well, hopefully that doesn't get me canceled. It wasn't abuse, it was for oh, science. It's, it's an insect, yeah? Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it's... it's when it comes to like animal, you know, creature killing, yeah. I feel like the cuter the animal, the more outrage you yeah, get. No, these were these were terrifying. <laughs> On the bugs. cute scale, it's yeah. like, you know, if if you said it had eight legs and was a giant spider, I don't think anyone would be sympathetic. Yeah, six legs, insects. insects. No. Entomology guy here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, they opened the the freezer and they said, absolutely not. This is not happening. So I had to wait an extra two weeks before I got started. But very interesting subject field, you know. I so, would love to do that as a career, but you know. so okay. So you were doing a lot of these classes in undergrad. Were you thinking about doctor then, or like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. As soon as I switched over to the science field, I said I either wanted to be some wannabe important business guy, or a doctor that can kind of control his schedule and patient flow and have more. It's almost like being an entrepreneur without having to have any big idea you well, know, and you, you said your dad was idea. a doctor so you kind of saw how yeah. his lifestyle was and yeah okay i got to go in his office and i always thought it was interesting like a high school kid could just walk in the back and start you know working on patient charts organizing them and whatnot so i was like wow he you know he's you, might, you might me asking him what, what kind of practice he yeah so my dad was a uh, internal medicine okay so yeah after like an outpatient or inpatient, outpatient? Both. Or? So Both. He, would, okay. he would do the mornings in the hospital. I remember it. he would work on Saturdays so he could get all his hospital rounds in so he could take Sunday off. And then Monday through Friday it was hospital in the morning, practice in the, I, in the afternoon. I see. But yeah, he, he did internal medicine, private practice, and he is not very good with technology. So... I would come in, I would organize his patient charts, because you had to have hard copies. So you, you push the internet button. Yeah, I'm pushing the internet button, <laughs> resend the router. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of it was just, you know, making a, a penny through college or mm -hmm. through high school. Sure. So. Um, there's a couple questions now I want to ask. Uh, so did... After undergrad, did you know what you... You knew you wanted to go into medical school. Did you know what kind of doctor you wanted to be? Like, yeah. Going back to that point, what was that? What, yeah. So, what, what kind of 
kind of doctor to Dylan Thomas. My wife always gets on me because she says I plan like 25 years in the future. <laughs> and obviously, you know, I'm sure all of us have set goals and it's not like we expect word for word whatever we have written down on our uh what's that word? manifestation board. Not everything we write there is going to come true, but as stuff changes, you know, you pivot, you adjust. Sure. So I was like, yeah, if I'm going to be a doctor, I work really hard. I'm going to be the best that I can be. I'm okay. going to work hard. I'm going to have a great patient relationship. I want to integrate a lot of technology into the things that I do. I want to be efficient. You know, the things that I'm good at, I kind of want to bring into okay. my field of specialty. So I was leaning internal med, family medicine the whole time. Like, I want to be an, an extremely efficient, forward-thinking primary care physician. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. Because um, okay. I, I think later on, as we kind of walk, oh, yeah, yeah. walk through your years of um, medical school, I was kind of see what we're going to check back on that and see where that, where that manifestation board has turned out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but so you graduate undergrad. Um, and I know this is always kind of a personal question for a lot of people. I, um, I've obviously been pretty open and vocal about my story about medical school. Um, obviously, Caribbean was not my first choice. Um, but how did you end up at Trinity? What? So you don't have to be I, like, hey, I uh, no no, no. I, I <laughs> F minus minus in fourteen no, no, classes no. or anything. You don't. That's not. It's not. That's not the norm anyway. But no. So I. I wouldn't say Caribbean was my top choice, but as I said, I grew up with it, so I knew it was mm -hmm. a, a valid option. Okay. I talked to my dad about the financials. Again, not the first choice. I finished school. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare applications. I took the MCAT really quick. I took, okay. funny story, I took the MCAT before I actually had biochemistry and physics too. Oh my gosh. So I had to learn that oh, on so my own. Oh, so you took it like your junior year yeah. or something like well, that. Whatever yeah. your, whatever junior year the was. The equivalent was, yeah. yeah. So over the summer, I spent about two, three weeks oh my gosh. studying biochem and physics too. And I won't say the number, but it wasn't terrible, you know? Okay. It was below average, slightly below average, but for not... Looking for, back for on it, I'm like, into it like yeah, that, like yeah. Looking back, and I'm bad. like, wow, that's actually dang. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had that going against me. I had good grades, you know, okay. I had very good grades in college, and and I applied to, I don't know, seven, eight med schools, U.S. med schools. You guys are crazy. Seven and eight. Oh my gosh. And uh, uh, I think just just the MD or did you did you no, go no just the MD. Okay. I looked at DO. I'm not against DO. I I would totally do it, but I had such limited time. I said I'm gonna fill out the application process and send okay. these out. I had my essays written, and I think three schools got back to me and they were like, not for this matriculation or whatever. Sure. Okay. And like I said, I'm playing catch up. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to wait a year, a year and a half. So I said, I'm going to apply to, which is the same thing my dad did. He, he wanted to go, he got accepted to the next matriculation of some med school in New Jersey, Rutgers or whatever it was. Sure. I don't know. And they were like, we'll start you in the fall. But he's like, it's, it's like November now. So you have to wait like nine, 11 months. Exactly. Late, you know? And he's got, he had four kids at the time. Mm-hmm. And 
and St. George said, hey, you can start January. Because the Caribbean schools, yeah, they, they the, accept the three different They have all those lines. extra start lines. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I finished up in May, April, sorry. And they said, yeah, we want you for September. This September, took the summer off, went to go visit some of my wife's family, came back and right into the saddle. Were you guys married before you went to medical school? Yeah. We, okay. We were, that was another thing. So... Being dead broke in college, <laughs> being married to a foreign person that did not have a green card, could not yeah. work. So now it's like as a as a full-time student taking 19 to 24 credit hours, mm-hmm. working two jobs, trying to support two people. It, it's a little you tough. Don't, you don't have a lot of time to apply. You don't have a lot of money to apply. So yeah, I was like, the, I, the odds aren't really in your favor. Oh, no. like you're you're no working way. against the current at that point. Exactly. And so then you want me to take an extra year before I can get into school. And it's like, I'm already financially in the toilet. Yeah. And so, it's like, what am I going to do for a year while all my loans, great, exa- the three month grace period runs out? And exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh. So yeah, I took it. I said, this is perfect. I know how the system works. I know. I know what my capability is in work. I don't complain. So no matter how bad this could be, I'll apply. Uh, so I guess then it leaves like your dad went to St. SGU. Yep. Um, it's, I think it's considered one of the top three. It was, I mean, back in the day, it was absolutely beautiful. The campus was Before incredible. Before Hurricane Ivan? Yeah. Well, even after, we left right as they were rebuilding. But oh, okay. I, all the memories I have of SGU was an absolutely beautiful campus. Great facilities, lecture halls that, you know, would impress any United States school. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, Caribbean schools are, you know, what's the difference? You know, I've been to college. I saw what I saw growing up. It's the same thing. So I guess there's the question then, like your dad went to SGU. Why didn't you go to SGU? How did you end up? Better question is how did you end up at Trinity? So this is the funny story. (laughs) So I went online to apply to SGU. I said, you know, my dad did it. Yeah. I know exactly what to expect. I know the island. I know the beaches. Let's do it. And the second day I went to finish my application, when I typed in St. George on Google to get to their admissions Uh page, Trinity sponsored came up on the first link. (laughs) And they said something like, we'll waive the application fee. And to a broke college student, that's solid. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Whatever that was. I don't even remember. It was like so, probably $150 yeah, or something, something like that. No more than $200. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'm filling it out. You know? Because I think St. George wanted the the $200 to apply. Or, yeah, it was, like, uh, interesting. Like when I did mine with Trinity, uh, there was just like a quick personal information thing. And then they were like, you don't even have to fill out our application. You can just send us a copy of the AA, the MCOS application. Uh, so just yeah, send yeah. us your MCOS which oh, is for all the U.S. You schools. Know, maybe that's was, what it was. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I can just fill out my personal contact information. You can have my yeah. AMCOS, you know, and then... Yeah, it was super quick. So I filled it out, sent it out. I was like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having multiple fishing lines in. We'll see what happens. And a week later, Lisa Miller, shout out Lisa Miller. Yeah, I, I talked to her as well. Reaches nice out lady. and says, hey, we want to schedule an interview for your application. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is the first, like, interview I've had since college. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I get my shirt and tie on. I had to call <laughs> off work. I worked at a pharmacy at the time. I said, sorry, I got an interview. 
Um, just for a quick, farm, uh, you were a farm tech? No, farm clerk. Farm clerk, okay. So you were just like... Because it was, COVID had just hit. Oh, okay. And so, so pretty... my last semester, the, the second half was online. And so I was working in Montana where my parents live now. Long story. Whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> like, I got you in New Jersey. I got you in the Balkans. Oh, yeah. I got so you. <laughs> when I was in the Balkans, my parents moved to Montana. Okay. So okay. during COVID, we had no apartment. So we went back to my parents' house and I picked up the pharmacy clerk job because it was the best pay paying job in the area. Not a huge hiring force in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of big industry. And yeah. And, and I loved the head... Uh, pharmacist, really cool guy, Justin, and there was a couple other ones there too that were very cool. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And no, you were getting into good. the interview. I was just yeah, like, yeah. What, how did pay, we end up in Montana? And, good pay, good work environment. There's been a few people I've chatted, like you know, um, Patrick Bevins. He, he was on the show too, but Patrick I think Bevins. he did. I think he did farm tech as well for yeah, a little yeah. Bit. He's got way more experience. I did like six months of pharmacy clerk, oh. which is I just restock the shelves. Of medication, check people out, and do insurance stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. Insurance stuff helps out now. I can it's help good patients to know. with, yeah. It's good to know that sort of stuff. It helped me in my cardiology, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I filled out this application. I'm sitting down, waiting for my interview, and we go on. The interview's pretty straightforward. I'm trying my best, smiling, you know, <laughs> got my eyeliner done. Wait, Just kidding. It was it in person or over? No, it was, it was Zoom. Uh, That's like it was doing COVID. Yeah, yeah. it was the okay. Zoom. And... uh the only question she had was, does your MCAT score reflect like who you are as a student? And I told her the whole spiel of, you know, I was cramped on deadlines. I had to get my application in by a certain deadline, which means my MCAT had to be done here. So I didn't have all my classes. And she's like, okay, like, I think we have everything. And I was like, I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> and, and like two weeks, maybe three weeks later, I got an email on my way to work that said, Congratulations. We've reviewed your application and accept whatever. I have it start on my, my email still. Yeah, it's like one of your favorites now. Yeah, and I <laughs> called my wife. I said, Oh my gosh, like the first medical school accepted me. Like, you know, my dream's not dead. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so that was really exciting. But you said it in uh, Albanian. I'm sure. I can't remember. I think it was English. Because every, like, even even the other day uh, during trivia, you and you and your no, wife so, were yeah. <laughs> it's going when back. I need to convince her, that's when the Albanian comes uh, okay. in. Okay, I gotcha. But breaking news is typically English. Gotcha. But I I remember exactly what road I was on. It was a foggy day. It was like six thirty in the morning, and yeah, I was I was super hyped. So, yeah, I was like, I don't have to wait longer. Financially, we're gonna get set. We can start the the ball rolling and yeah trinity did it nice so you, then you got accepted you obviously decided to go jump in on september yeah um what year i'm trying to i'm trying to remember the year because oh, like yeah. i had to do the COVID, this my cv COVID i don't even remember here. yeah so it was uh, okay so we got married 2018 2019 passed, so it would have been 2020. Okay, it was so September so did you, 2020. When you, when you maturated, did you maturate and then online, like straight online, or did you actually go to the island? Because you know, like the preclinical years when you did Pre uh, his, oh, histology. Yeah, so we were online. Anatomy. So as I said, over the summer we went to go visit family because mm -hmm. she hadn't seen her family in two years you know they can't come they don't have green cards or anything or visas yeah i'm sure with, even with covid too that made and travel yeah. very hard so so we went over there and we spent the summer with them 
when we came back, they told us, you're not coming to the island. After we'd already selected our housing, you know, <laughs> chose what we wanted to do. And we had about two weeks to find a place. And I talked to my dad. I said, Dad, I know I said I wouldn't be back after I got into med school. But... He's like, I found the last kid is out of here. Yeah, so we had to... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's got a couple more at home, so it's, uh, it's he's still got work to do. I gotcha. But he said, yeah, that's fine. You know, you'll have to pull your weight. There's no freeloading. My dad's anti-freeloading. Okay. So, yeah, we made that work. I studied like crazy because I wanted to show. I did the same thing in college. The first semester, I wanted to show everyone that I was capable. Mm-hmm. Same thing with med school. I did everything I was studying. 12-hour days, trying to learn everything I could. And then they said, Okay, we're going to come to the island. We got everything ready for the next semester. Mm -hmm. Canceled. Oh, my gosh. So they said it's optional. Given that my wife has a green card, international stuff is kind of a hassle. So we said, let's play it safe. We'll stay here another semester. But we we don't want to live with my parents. We want to... Your own place. Yeah, we want to be free birds. So we look at a couple places. We look. I always thought I'd live in New York. So I looked at apartments in New York. I looked at uh, and Just to clarify, New York City. New York City. Sorry, sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, whenever anyone says New York, they generally mean New York City. But yeah. <laughs> there is and, a whole bunch of other state part of the state. But I couldn't find an apartment lease that was short enough. They wanted eight-month, nine-month leases. And I was like, we're there for six months. There's, there's nothing. I looked at Miami because I was like, I've never lived in the South. Maybe that'd be interesting. <laughs> You're taking all the high cost of living centers. Well, I, I, I love the city. So it had to be a big city. I had to. I wanted to experience something other than what I'd always had growing up, Fair which enough. was North Jersey. And then we looked at Charlotte for a little bit. My wife said, Charlotte's a little small. Could we try something bigger? So that's when Philadelphia came up. Okay. And I found a lease. It was month to month, higher premium because you have that flexibility. Yeah. But we took it. We loaded everything in the Jeep. We went to Philadelphia oh to be online. And biggest mistake of my life, in a good way. Everything pivoted. I was like, Philadelphia is the most beautiful city I've ever lived in. I could be here the rest of my life. Everything that I thought that was, oh, I'm going to go back to New Jersey. I'm going to do all this stuff. Switched. Like I absolutely loved the community. I loved the, the downtown area. So, so do you throw snowballs at Santa Claus too, or (laughs) sometimes? Hot topic. Uh, (laughs) No, but yeah, Philadelphia. It's a big city with a small town feel. Big community. Everyone takes care of each other. Great food, and I yeah. So, right now, that's that's the dream. You know, I I need to find a way to go back there because it was some of the best months of my life. Um. Let me rewind a little bit to your preclinical, those, those, uh, cause, uh, so did you, I mean, let me stop before I rewind. You go to Philadelphia, you do six months there. Yep. Do you move from there directly to here or so, do you go to the islands? So this is what else is crazy. <laughs> they tell us again, absolutely. It's mandatory. All students must come to St. Vincent. Okay. And I said, oh man, we've already been out of the country last summer for three months my wife only gets six months per 365 day limit so we're gonna we're gonna overrun her uh her green card status and lo and behold 
a volcano erupts on the <laughs> island and cancels everything. So we go back to Montana because, again, it was short notice. We already had our plane tickets booked. So we drive back to Montana. We stay at my parents' place for that, that summer term. Okay. And that was, that was really fun. You know, my sisters were off school. We just we hung out. We got a bunch of stuff done. And then that fall is when everything kind of settled down and they said, okay, come to the island. It's one term and then you'll go back to Georgia. So we only had four, four and a half months on the So you island. did one, basically one year, one term. fourth term. Yes, sir. Fourth term. Only yeah. my fourth term. So that, that's, if I mem- my memory works correctly, that's the term you do, path to, yep. micro to, um, farm to, farm to, I think that's in the, no, no, psych. no, psych. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, that's, I think that's about it. And then you do all your NBMEs. Yeah. The three NBMEs. Yeah. Those, which is a pretty stressful time period if I'm, oh yeah. <laughs> Cause they're all in one week. It was like, well, mine yeah. were they like Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. Wednesday, Friday. So it was like you spend all your time studying for the first one. And then as soon as that one's over, you change gears and you're studying the next two days for yeah. the thir- second one, then change gears. By the time you get to that third one, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. so tired. And we knew that was coming. So we had a good solid group of guys and girls that would just hammer out. Whenever we had a, a path exam coming up, we were all in the lecture hall, like helping each other out. Same thing with micro and farm. I had a couple friends that were like, we really need to pass this MBME. We're so close <laughs> to getting through. So we just so, sat down together for hours at a time. So let me take you back to term one. Because I think this is always interesting because when I did my term one, it was on an island with everybody there. Yep. And so you have upper class people you can actually talk to. Yeah. Um, whereas when you start online, you you uh, you might have contact with your fellow classmates, if depending on how organized you guys were. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the ability to talk to term two, term three, term yeah. four, get tips and tricks and resources is <laughs> yeah. not there. So... How did you study in term one? So, like I said, highly motivated. I said, a med school gave me a chance. I'm going to do everything to be the best student uh-huh. I can possibly be. So I'm studying 12 hours a day. I would put on, it was Dr. Mishra at the time. He's no longer at the school. He, uh, yeah, he's Mercer now. Mercer? Okay. Yeah. So he's just, just up the road. So he was my biochemistry teacher, and I would just listen to his lectures. No joke, every single lecture I would listen to three times at two times speed. Oh my gosh! And he actually talks relatively fast. Yes, and like there are some professors who talk slow, and you can get away with two times. Oh, sorry, he he wasn't my bot. Yeah, he wasn't. He's biochemistry. Okay. It was, was Mish, Mishra and Miaras. Yeah, Miara. That's what I was thinking of. I was like, wait, he wasn't. Yeah. So I listened <laughs> to that. We had Doctor uh, Z, mm-hmm. Doctor Zhurovlova, and she would teach our anatomy, and, and then, I would rewatch that twice. She also does embryo. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah, she did embryo as well. Okay. And I bought a huge whiteboard, probably four feet by eight feet. Oh my gosh. And I would okay. write out every single lecture point. I would draw out the bone structure. Okay. I would draw out the muscles. I draw out the triangles. I mean, this is not sustainable, but I did it for one term, it's a, and I it's a lot. absolutely killed it, and I was so proud of myself, and obviously, term two, I had to, you know, the law of diminishing returns. I didn't want to slam my face at the concrete, so I kind of shifted down a gear, and we just, we made it through. We had a good foundation, so, so it wasn't too much harder, but... So, by understanding correctly, you basically relied on lecture notes. Yeah, all lecture notes. I didn't know what first aid was. I did YouTube videos, and okay. I did lectures. Was there any particular YouTube video that was... Whatever the concept was, I don't know what his name is, but like I, I liked his videos. I never 
interact on YouTube, and no, I was so right. happy for this guy. I liked his video. I was like, thank you. I just I would Google the process, you know. Uh-huh. What is this phosphorylation or electron transport oh, chain okay. animation? And this guy would just walk you step by step. Like, dirty medicine was a popular one, but it was it wasn't dirty medicine. I didn't hear about dirty medicine until term four. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I was. <laughs> I mean, when I tell you, I was going in blind. I guess they gave me the Kaplan books. I yeah. read all the Kaplan books. Uh, no, no. I mean, the school was very much affiliated with Kaplan. And, yeah, for, for um, sure. So you actually read as well? I, I read every single book because that's all I had. I had lectures and I had books. So I would read the book and then I would rewatch the lectures. And so when an exam would come up, I remember I put it on my dad's projector and I rewatched this one lecture from Dr. Mishra or sorry, one module, because it's like five lectures for the quiz. Yeah. I rewatched them probably three times. Oh my gosh. And that quiz came out. I absolutely smashed it. I don't oh. want to put my my no, numbers on, on line, but I did very well. And I was like, this is this is the system, you know? I cracked the code. It's just working oh my super gosh. hard. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's rough. Uh. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so, and that, I like... I like most of that where it's just like you had the motivation and drive and determination to do it. And I think that is a, a lot of what um, being successful in medical school is. But the efficiency. Efficiency I mean, is also part of medicine. What is it? If you give me four hours to chop a tree, I'll spend three hours sharpening the axe. And I did not, I did not have a sharpener. I didn't know about any of the, the tips and tricks, the web path so wh- when did you get to any of that like pathoma sketchy year. or fourth term seriously fourth term i got it all oh my i found gosh. out i didn't really like sketchy that much just because like i understand it's pictures but it's very slow like but like what kind of sketchy because it's a sketchy my, farm and uh, sketchy path all of them we did sketchy micro we did sketchy okay. farm but it's just slow it's okay. not bad but i like to chew information three or four times through and be like oh i i still don't get this part let me redo it so for terms one through three, it was all, what can I do to make myself successful? And then in year four, I had uh, a bunch of students come up and say, hey, we're using first aid. We're doing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm showing. So in first aid, in one of the opening chapters, it talks about how to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't have seen a first aid book, this isn't <laughs> really helpful. And, yeah. uh, and I, I will also caveat it with like studying is very personal yeah like yeah, yeah. what works for you may not work like i love sketchy sketchy got right. me through a lot but like if it doesn't work for you then don't don't bang your head against the wall yeah you gotta you gotta use what works for you but like first aid has this list of um low efficiency yeah. high efficiency <laughs> and like the low efficiency study method is rereading highlighting underlying and summarization and that's all i would do <laughs> and i'll tell you what i learned so much that's from what i did four. first term too so i don't want to make it no, seem no. like you i was you were dumb or anything like that i think that's what that's why i think it's always an interesting evolution oh, yeah and and i told so we went when was that right before we started or no right after i wrote step one we went back to my wife's country to say hi to people. And one of my classmates growing up was there. He's Albanian. Okay. Didn't know until I went to Albania. Then we linked up. And he was actually going to the medical program. And, and he had the same thing. He got accepted, but they want him the year after. Okay. So he was spending this summer going through Europe, doing all this stuff. And I said, hey, day one, I don't care what your school says, get first aid and, and learn it the first time through. 
when you have two years to study it, that's when you'll, you know, that's when you get to step one and you have no doubts that you're going to absolutely kill it. Yeah. Because for with medical school, I think, especially the way I've gone through it and sound like a little bit of you, term one, you try to do what you did in undergrad. Yeah. And it just, you can be successful. Like you were successful. But, but, but it's sink or swim. You're burning yourself out because you're spending so much time yeah. doing it the hard way. And the other thing is, I know in my undergrad, there were a lot of my classmates that didn't have to put in that much repetitive yeah. There's some process. people who are naturally talented exactly. like that. And I, I was not that. So I would always, I was used to the grind. So now your first term in med school, if you're not used to the grind and you're like, oh, I can go over the notes once, maybe twice and have mm-hmm. it. You start to <laughs> sink, you know, you can't yeah. tread that water anymore because med school is a lot heavier than. And the questions expect. are just so much different. Like oh, yeah. the testing questions. like Yeah, that's a huge, I don't want to say translation, but. It, it seems like another language because yeah. it's no longer like what is the powerhouse ABCD, of the cell? Yeah, like what is this? <laughs> Mitochondria. It's like oh, so we did this and worked around this, and then what's the mechanism of that? And you're like, what? Yeah, well, it's like oh, we're, the patient had an injury on the distal third of the oh, yeah. the arm, and you're going to go in to put a plate in. You cut through the skin, and you. Which which layer is the third layer yeah, you come nerve? to? And it's oh, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the what? And you know, I mean, the question's only asking, you know, what layer of skin is right there? But when you see all this other stuff around it, you're like, I don't know what you're even talking about, you know? <laughs> I would always do that. I'd get lost in the sauce. Yeah, I can't even. So you got you got a lot of that stuff in fourth term, and like uh, first term, it was mostly reading a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I had first aid. I didn't actually crack it open until fifth term. Mm. I saw first aid as just kind of this big reference book that I yeah. couldn't quite place in my education. But right. I, I do agree that it does it does help if you yeah. actually look through it. If you know how to use it too. Uh, Boards and Beyond was something I was given within the first few weeks. So mm. I, I was a friend on campus. And on the island, this is perfectly legal in case anyone's listening. That <laughs> <laughs> Copyright laws don't really exist on the island. Um, yeah. But someone handed me this thumb drive and it had all the boards and beyond videos Oh, that's and probably... like, it's like all high yield, like it'll get you through. Cause sometimes yeah. for me, another issue with term one, and maybe you don't have this issue cause you had a lot of world experience. Some of the professors have very thick accents. Oh and yeah. And even like the first couple of weeks, you're just like, what did they <laughs> even say? <laughs> we had, I felt bad. Cause I mean, being a Caribbean med school, yes, you get a lot of us, but you get people, from Nigeria, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Nigeria, the India, Middle East, Pakistan, in, yeah, yeah, India, sure. China. And it's like these people are not only learning English, they speak it, but it's not the fluency that you would expect in a, a native speaker. Yeah. And now they're trying to juggle, I mean, a Russian accent in English in a subject that they know nothing about right now. It's not, it's not in the first, uh, yeah. first language. Yeah. It's just. Talk it's about tough. a stroke. I mean, they made it, and, uh, and that was definitely an issue. I think the school was contending with, even when I was there, mm-hmm. was a lot of the pre-med students who were from like India, yeah. um, for example, struggled because right. they would get through the pre-med program and then get into the MD program, and yeah. they would struggle. And I think that's a big part of the struggle. Is it absolutely <laughs> is? 
Uh, and I know I struggled the first couple of weeks, like I don't even know what you're saying. And I know I'm supposed to listen to the lecture and study based off of the lecture, but like I have no idea. I watch and, movies with my wife and she speaks English fluently. As soon as an English person comes on, a British I should say, she needs subtitles. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, that's a firsthand experience, like up close. So I can only imagine what oh my gosh. some of them are going through. Like, cause it's, it's a marvel to me, like you're talking about. Uh, like Pathoma was fourth term for you because yeah, um, I love there was Pathoma. there was a Boards and Beyonds video during neuroscience and which is I think third term yeah, um, and the neuroscience teacher was a little bit all over the place for us. I'm not sure if you had the same yeah. one. Yep. She was a very smart, very nice lady. Lectures were a little bit more to be desired. Hard slides. to communicate. I would <laughs> yeah. say very intelligent, but the communication was for sure. Uh, and but there were these tests, and it was just so, so hard to, for me to be like, I don't know what is going on, mm-hmm. I don't know how to approach this. And then, especially when it came to like the, the brain stem, um, <laughs> all the cranial nerve roots, uh, yeah, cranial I, nerve roots. But there was like the brain stem, and I, I worked really hard. I had to do it the old fashioned way because I couldn't really figure out a better source for neuroscience, yeah. And then a friend of mine, like two weeks after the test, was like, Hey, yeah, Boards and Beyond has this rule of fours. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well, are you kidding me? There's like yeah. an easy way to understand this instead of just brute forcing it into your brain. There's an easy like. Oh See, my I didn't gosh. get that like, until but, I was prepping step one. But when you're in four, yeah. you learn that in fourth term, you're like, there was an easy way to do this. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's honestly like cause even pathoma. I didn't they didn't know about pathoma until middle or third term, and yeah. I was like, oh, there's an easy way to do this. <laughs> yeah, and then once you get to term five and everything shifts to step one, I'm on Google, how to pass step one, you know. What's high yield on step one? Oh my gosh. And the first thing that comes up, first aid, you world, <laughs> you know? You world first aid, Old RX. MBMEs, all this stuff is coming up. And so that's when I pivoted to, okay, well, I'm getting all this. Oh, okay, nice. So that, that kind of leads into that next question. So like, because in our school, fifth term is basically step one prep. Exactly. I mean, we do the CBSC, which is kind of the screening process. If you yeah. can pass the CBSC, the school allows you to take step one. Mm-hmm. Um, most people take, I don't know, I would say like at the minimum, I've seen someone take a month to study after step, uh, after term five. At the most, I've seen over a year, which yeah, is debatable on the advisability of that. But, right, right. Uh, it's, it's a whole different topic. Uh, so you study, obviously, but... Me and my cohort, and I, I mean, I'm guessing it was relatively some of you, fifth term was purely step one study. And so I, the entire, we, we had CBSE, we were studying for it, mm-hmm. quote and unquote, but you know, studying for step one started that first week. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was sit down, we do questions, we do, or individually, we would, me and my group of friends, we would go to the DSC at seven o'clock every day. Yeah. Right before, le- you know, a few hours before lecture, we would stay until five or 6 p.m. at night and come home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was step one prep, you know? Yeah. Like- <laughs> and a lot of people did that. I was, I mean, it, it was a weird transition for me because I went from being on the island. All I have to do is prepare for an exam at the end of the term and that's it. You know, I want to, I wanted to live up to the professor's expectations. Sure. Now you pivot into that, I'm preparing for a national exam that, given its level of significance, has a vast weight on oh, my uh, future success. So I had to comment on that, were you, because I don't really know exactly where you fell, were you in the pass-fail yes, range? I was okay. in the pass-fail. Because 
I was in that cusp where it was like you can take the pass. You it's could gonna, you do the three yeah. digit, or you can wait a couple months to take the pass fail. Yeah, and we all, most of my cohort were like, we're just going for it. We're going for the three digit, right? Because we're all concerned. Like Caribbean schools being all change? Caribbean, yeah. like a three digit score is a very tangible thing to go to like a program and be like, I have this score and they can go great. That means you line up here amongst all the candidates where the pass is like, where where that is right now. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're above a 199. I think this is going to, is this the first match 2024 that will 2023 had some some because okay. uh, U.S. schools some depending on the school yeah allowed people to start cores without oh, a step right, one right, so some right. people yeah it's so I mean this is the first full like, I mean you might still have a few stragglers longer, but yeah, really this is now med schools are or sorry residency programs are comparing you to yeah. everyone else at the same level. Yeah. So, the, and this is not going to have a clue how to do that. Yeah. So, so anyway, with that shift, though, <laughs> where now it's like this exam is everything. Yeah. I went back into my hermit mode. You know, I stayed at home. We had to go to class mandatory, but then I'd go home from class. I'd study for eight hours till nine thirty p.m. Reading first aid over. I'm not exaggerating. I think I've read first aid cover to cover seven to ten times. Did you ever do the USMLE RX? Yes. The question I did, bank? I did the question bank two or three times. Okay. I did not purchase UWorld in the beginning because it was very expensive. It, UWorld is expensive and they know it. But a month before my exam, yes, I did use UWorld. So I had... You you purchased step one UWorld a month before step one? Yeah. You I took crazy. I took three. I mean, given we had the, the term five, but I took three, four weeks and then sat down. And I oh felt gosh. like I was... More than prepared. I put in 12 hours a day of mm-hmm. first aid. I highlighted everything. I mean... But did you feel confident going oh, into yeah. step one? Okay. I so was like... You're I, one of the few like the few people who have like, the confidence going into everything. No matter what... I, I don't know. Me and a few <laughs> of my friends. like who, like who, One of my friends who does really well. He should never have to worry about anything. But like we all are like, oh my gosh, I don't know. No. It's, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I'm confident for anything. But when you put in... When you know what you've done to prepare, uh-huh. like I know when I slacked and I know when I grinded. Yeah. I know that there is nothing else that I could do to be more prepared. So I said, all right, you know, we, we don't want to hit that summer. They had a huge summer delay for score return. Yeah. And I said, no, I, I'm ready. I got everything verified, sat down, took it, and that was that. Okay, very nice. Uh, that's yeah, that's really good because um, I I know I, I I always have a lot of self doubt. Um, so it doesn't sound like you have struck with that issue, which is nice. But uh, I always have like a lot of self doubt. Like I know I how often I went to the school and studied how how much how many questions I burned through, yeah. how many NB practice NBB exams yeah. I did, how many step one self assessments I did. So I'm like I know about where my scores are going to be yeah. and you're still going and like I'm still not the strongest test taker. So yeah, you know and, like and that plays an effect as well, but it it goes back to how you've always studied, right? Mm-hmm. In college in the first four terms and now into step one, you know what you've done and you have to be honest like yeah, I did kind of slack off the first month and a half. Or like, I really only hard studied for the last three weeks. And if you can, you know, self-reflect, be self-aware and say, yeah, I, I'm confident that I did my part, 
I think the doubt goes away a little. You're always scared. <laughs> You're always scared of those numbers, but... So what would you do differently? I, we'll get into the clinical, because yeah. like, there's yeah. really that dividing point in medical school. Oh, like, yeah. Step one is like the culmination of your first two years. It's a lot and of mental fortitude. After yeah. step one, it's a completely different step of stage of medical school. It's like medical yeah. school looks very different. Yep. And I think my, my general theory is like there's the book learners who are really good on book learning. And there's people who are both, obviously, but like right. you're really good on books, and then you it, get and you and you like you go through, and you're like, oh man, the first two years, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I can memorize any fact. Yeah. And then they get into the clinicals, and it's like it's a whole different animal. Like, oh my gosh, this is so different. This is so frustrating. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so, do you mean like from the start of med school? Or yeah, from st- like, uh, yeah, from basically term one to step one. Like, what would you do differently? Yeah. Um, and even and then just divide it between like the preclinical years, so, uh, it's basically terms one through four, right. and then step. Yeah, so I, I would get first aid two weeks before med school started. I probably wouldn't pre-read it or skim it because you you have no idea what you're looking at. But as you go through topics in biochemistry, mm-hmm. you got to have that first aid book there for proper diagrams for high yield information. And if you did that for the first two years for every class and you were diligent, you put in, mm. you know, four to six hours after hours, like after class is over. I'm not, don't include class because that's when you hear it for the first or second time. I would pre-read, listen to the lecture, and then read it again. Is and it, I think you could be done with that in eight to nine hours a day. Okay. So, I, I'm assuming because you were online, you went to all the lectures. Yeah. Okay. And they had them pre-recorded, so if you didn't want to wake up at 6 a.m. You put on the time zone. Exactly. Yeah. But again, the lecture should not be the first time you hear it. So maybe read that first <laughs> aid, get to the lecture, and then follow up your weak points. If you I, do that for two years, I mean, I don't think there's a thing you wouldn't feel it, it's so It's with. so funny to listen to like your medical school experience because it's so different from mine. Yeah. Like, I, I went to just about all the lectures, but that was partly because... Um, perception yeah for me I, w- I always felt like if i wasn't going to lecture people would perceive me to be a slacker mm, and, and and that's a it's a real thing and there were plenty of lectures where i was falling asleep during lecture because it was either so boring or i was so lost or um it was not lecture was not a way i could learn just about anything it's a difficult <laughs> thing, yeah um but there were people who uh <laughs> once you got to the midterm of term one Mm-hmm. You stop seeing these people. Like they mm. disappeared. They didn't. They, they, they didn't quit. Right. They just they realized their... that lecture was not their way to learn. Yeah. And they like there was three people I know of that you know about midway through they stopped going. They went down to a they there was a classroom in the pre med area in the main campus. Mm-hmm. They just they turned it into their office. Yeah. And they studied there for the next year and a half. And, wow. <laughs> and the only time anyone ever saw them was when tests. You know, when it was test right. day, they would go upstairs, go do the test, and then right. disappear back to their room. Um, I think that works, but... I, yeah, that, that's why I'm saying, like, yours yeah. is so much different than mine. Like, mine was like, well, I need to... we, if you went to lecture, you wanted to, Yeah. Um, but people were like, no, you don't have to be at lecture. See, I need to walk <laughs> through those, even if I'm, like, I've been to lecture and I'm half asleep, 
but I need to go through that to be like, I've been to every lecture. You know, that builds on the confidence. One less excuse. Yeah. Like, oh man, you've got a low score. Well, did you go to lecture? Exactly. (laughs) I studied after lecture every single day. Okay. Okay. And so... I think that gives you the time, you know, because I I, I have all those like those countervailing thoughts of like, you know, if I did, if I got a low score, I could blame, I I could pinpoint something that I could blame it on. Um, I would probably say like my knowing how I studied, how I learned, even after term one, Mm -hmm. like I think you'd figure it out term one, term two. Yeah. Um, I still was going to lecture. No, even though I knew lecture was not benefiting me yeah. and it was like a social pressure that I was, I put on myself yeah. and I probably could have done better, honestly. But mm-hmm. again, that's, that's, that's just me. I could have done better yeah. if I just would have stayed in the library and just did my, you know, my yeah. boards and beyond. And, and, and that's my another thing is you're personal with it. Like you, no one knows yourself better than yourself. Right. So I, I think the lectures are, but it, paying, it, and then COVID era, like a lot of that stuff was mandatory to some degree. Yeah. I, at least in the beginning of term four, it was mandatory. And then once people realized that there was not that social pressure, if it wasn't going to help them, they didn't show up. And that's yeah. fine. But I think if you're going to pay for the education, the lectures, the lecture notes, it's just another way to see it. So you don't yeah. have to go searching YouTube and Google for these documents and see this is also why it's like the the difference of experience like i i had all these upper class people i could look to um that could give me good solid advice like hey the and then we had the google drive that had practice questions that you know people had written up written up like this is the style of writing this professor likes to use these are lots of the topics that they like to to ask so these practice questions get you in that mindset Mm mm-hmm I don't know if that was available to you guys. It, like it wasn't, but once it was, it was invaluable. Like it's it's a treasure trove. It's a, yeah. it's a maze of nonsense, but yeah. like there's a lot of good stuff it, in there too. And that's kind of what that question does for people that don't have those upperclassmen or maybe aren't as outgoing to talk to them. Mm-hmm. If you can be honest with yourself and have the right materials, the first day, the lecture notes, and start in a in a comprehensive way to learn. When when step one comes around, you shouldn't have any hesitation. Yeah, so that, that's that's kind of my overarching theory of medical school, um, and this is maybe controversial. Um, I don't actually think that it, the was the school you go to matters. No, because I think generally speaking, most medical students all have the same ingredients, mm-hmm. and they all do relatively the same thing. Which well, is like we have the ingredients. You have the you show up. And you work. It's a, it's a job. It's a yeah. job that you're going to spend 12 hours a day doing. You're yeah. going to be diligent. Okay. Most medical students have that. And if you don't, you're going to struggle or you maybe they've fallen out. We all, we, I think we all met people who've had that oh, issue. I'm sure U.S. schools have it just like we did. Maybe at a Maybe less percentage. because they, 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 they take the cream of the crop. Exactly. <laughs> but if, if you have it, you have it. You know, It doesn't yeah. matter where you go with it. You'll get to the end. Well, and that's what uh, that leads into the lecture where it's like we had good professors who were smart and intelligent, but most medical students, US, Caribbean, they're not learning 90% of the material through lecture. Yeah, they're learning it through lecture. something else. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, they're doing something else, whether it's sketchy, pathoma, boards and beyond, uh, Kaplan or whatever. Like, people are supplementing to get through. And that's what U.S. medical students do. That's what Caribbean medical students do. So we're, we've all found a different way to f- learn the material. 
that you can go, oh, well, I'm at Harvard, therefore I have these Nobel baccalaureates teaching me medicine. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but... You're still going to supplement After an hour and a half, I was glazing over at somebody who's the most boringest lecturer. Uh, you're, you're still going to have to spend eight hours... And are you just going to listen to that person on repeat or are you going to grab other resources like every other medical student is doing yeah. that is proven to work? I mean, look at the YouTube channels, right? You have yeah, Dr. High Yield, <laughs> Emma Holiday. Oh, that's Why a great one. Why do those one. have hundreds of thousands of views? You're just jumping into the cores now, eh? Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> no, the that's same a, thing. That's a good one because I, I, I always dirty forget medicine. about Why has Dirty Medicine got a million views on some videos? It's... Everyone needs it. That's why. Yeah, is is definitely that's that's kind of my my more or less hot take is that I I I understand like there's a stigma around Caribbean students, um, and that, that has a lot to do with the maturation classes. Yeah, um, you know who the, who are they taking in versus the end product. Yeah, uh, like obviously U.S. schools. 90% over 90% of the students who maturate graduate right uh, Caribbean students do you know schools and, have notoriously don't have that but I have a different opinion on that yeah but. I think the way that I describe it to people that don't understand what a Caribbean school is think about how hard it is to get into a US med school mm-hmm. and they filter out and they take who they want right Caribbean med schools are kind of backwards they'll take a lot of people but then you're trying to do everything you can to stay there Right. Right. And here's a hotter take. You said, you know, it doesn't really matter where you go to, to school. I think if it were legal or whatever, you could do med school at home. If you only had first aid and you had to pass step one and you had U World, I mean, what do you need a lecture for other than the accreditations? Maybe anatomy lab and then some of the hand hands on Practum, but yeah. That's but, but still, during COVID, have, COVID, a lot of that stuff disappeared. Went online, yeah. So I uh, think if I, the point I'm trying to make is, it's the supplements that make your education. Yeah, no, so I agree. Yeah, you are only as good as what you're supplementing your lecture knowledge yeah. with. Hey, that concludes part one of our episode with Mr. Dylan Thomas. He will have a part two episode next week that will be queued up and released so you don't have to rely on me. Nothing will get between you and listening to part two next week. So I'll have that queued up and ready to go. Um, And big special thanks to Dylan for taking the time to do this episode with me. He's uh, a great sport and dealing with all my deficiencies. So uh, he is probably at this moment as of the podcast being released getting uh, either through step two or starting his fourth year elective. So we wish him the best of luck there. Can't wait to see where he ends up and where he goes as a uh, future physician. So again, wait for next week for part two, and then we will hopefully provide an update and then get you the long-awaited episodes with uh, Dr. Patrick Bevins and his wife, uh, uh, Payson Bevins, who is uh, JD. So that's been a long-awaited episode. I just need to do some editing, uh, which I should have some time in the upcoming weeks to do. So, um, as usual, uh, if you like our podcast, please like it, subscribe. Uh, you can be found on any of the major podcasting platforms. If you want to share it with your friends, would appreciate the extra publicity. And uh, if you want to interact with us in any way, you can find us on Instagram, MedFamilyMD. Um, Ah, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. You guys have a good rest of your week. Thanks. Bye.